The Dadcast, episode 35, WikiLiki Who. What? Huh? Where? This week's show is already recorded on December 2nd, but due to international restrictions on BASF recording cassette tapes, it had to be released from the neutral safe haven of Zurich. So, uh, which brings me on to something else that you brought up, Steph, earlier is, uh, you know, and all this controversy and all this bullcrap, uh, WikiLeaks. Uh, and, and uh, you know, this, there's no clean segue into WikiLeaks. It's such, it's such a dirty subject to begin with. I kind of watched the first Wiki, the big WikiLeaks leak where it was basically how um, some photographers were basically gunned down by uh, U.S. airships who basically didn't get it right. And uh, and 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 you know, it was tragedy at isn't doesn't ex- begin to explain you know what happened there. When you watch the whole twenty minute video, at the end of it, you're just like, oh my god, this cannot be real. So, uh, was it wrong for them to release that video? Uh, okay, well, we as, as a for, former, first and foremost, that one we all knew about, right? Yeah, as as a former expat who basically lived outside of 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 Canada or North America when uh, the bulk of this BS in 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 the Gulf happened, I was really pleased to see it because the whole thing just just reeked bad news to begin with. So yeah, I have a tainted view of it. I mean, I was completely tainted by the British, um, but. You know, we all knew about it, and it wasn't such a good deal. Went on, so they they continued to do some stuff and 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 out some other things. And and have I been in always in hundred percent agreement with it? As much as I want to defend the freedom of speech, I'm also very much of a Canadian where sometimes it's good to have a, a few state secrets. Um, I'm also kind of like a, I, I I think that's the British portion of us too, right? Where uh, so certain things should remain. With 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 you know, for the security of the people, but you know, until we can get the bastards and and then we'll out it all, right? So not whereas the states is like, okay, let's cover up our mistakes. <laughs> and I, I don't mean to be, you know, taking that attitude towards the Americans, but in all of the WikiLeaks leaks, it's always kind of been to out how crappy certain governments have acted. So I don't really know what to make of this. To tell you the truth, and and the latest problems they're having the DDS the DDoS attacks the you know Amazon basically flushing them out of their services. I'm I'm kind of looking to to the dads tonight to find out you know like what is your opinion on this guys and how how much of an issue is it really? <clears throat> well, WikiLeaks in and of itself, if it stayed on you know providing information that is of in critical importance to people? Absolutely. Do we need to know where the spies are and who the spies are? No. Is that putting people at risk? Absolutely. Do we need to know that, for example, the Americans think the Canadians are little, you know, dorks or whatever it is that they said? I don't give a crap. I really don't. They can say that, you know, we're wet behind the ears and we say A every second word, A, and that uh, we love hockey and that's about all that we care about. Because you know what? Some of it is based on on general statements, general observations. Some of it applies to us, some applies, some of it doesn't. But you know what? Who among us has not said something that may not be pleasing to any of our neighbors or any of our friends, but we wouldn't go up front to and say, hey, you know, like JF, for example, you know, uh, would, I, would I <laughs> watch it? <laughs> watch it. <laughs> you know, but, no, but seriously. Be careful. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're so carping on about that, eh? 
No, but the, you know, oh, we we we've got a frank relationship. You know that. Oh, we've you known know, you. Come on, uh, for, and, for anybody who doesn't know, we've known so for over thirty years. So yeah, there's so, there's certain. So things. that's not a problem. But some people, because there's such a history between this country, and the best example is that uh, even though George W. Bush was president for eight years before he became president. Uh, they were able to make him say congratulations to Jean Poutine for winning another election. Um, you kind of, if you're going to run for office and you're going to be in the international scene, you should kind of know who your big players are in the neighboring countries. I'm not saying you have to know who's the president or who's the leader. No, you should. Of Fiji you should. You should. If, if, you're, you know, if you're running, if you're running, if you're running for state office, you should know who the at least the hate the head of of most states that you're but, dealing with is, or at correct, least, but, or at least get prepped on it before you take a stupid interview with some guy you've never heard of before. But <laughs> let, let me ask you a question: Do you know the head of state of Fiji? Do you know the head of state of Madagascar? These are not critical. But I'm not running for head of business. state. No, but even but you if know what? You if did. I'm going to, if I'm going to uh, go into Madagascar tomorrow, I'm pretty much going to find out, <laughs> right? But you would, but we know as 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 a nation, and I'm going to make it a generalization. We know as Canadian, probably at a probably at a sixty to seventy five percent, who the president of the United States is, and we're probably going to be pretty good at naming another leader in another country. Uh, around, whether it's Russia, whether it's England, whether it's France, whether it's Germany, whether it's Mexico, we're going to know some of those leaders. The fact that you don't even know your biggest your biggest country and the one you export to the most, that to me was insulting. But you know what? Everybody knew that the guy just didn't have it. And that's okay. You know, I think he's admitted in his book, and I don't read it. I haven't read it. But I'm, I'm not curious to read it. I'm actually, I'm curious to read it because no, I'd I don't like wanna, to see. I don't want to give any more money. Well, I want to see if the sentences have ands or if they're all, you know, uh, you know. <laughs> There's actually if, no if, punctuation. Correct. That's <laughs> what all, I'm thinking. It's all small caps, no punctuation. A lot of smiley faces. Uh, Anyways, it was uh, his vice president who wrote it. Well, the, the guy the guy goes around <laughs> shooting at his best friends the guy in the face? Best friends yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. <laughs> So, anyways, that's my view. Uh, to, to, do I to think our, that, do I our think four or that five a, American listeners, we do apologize right now, but I'm pretty much sure that you feel the same way at this point. <laughs> yeah, but and and here's here's the big thing, and you know, I I wrote that in our show notes. If people are this upset about it, why wasn't their server attacked with denial of services or not? It's not like there's no way to get that done. So. It's either the states was making a bigger case or, you know, the governments were making a bigger case of, oh, my goodness, look at the information that's being leaked. Or they're they're just trying to say, oh, you know what, who cares? We've got other fish to fry. Let them focus on this little thing. Take some heat off on Obama, for example, and some of the policies that he's been facing and some of the decisions he has to make. Right now, the heat's not on him. The heat's on WikiLeaks. Oh, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? Oh, these are things that happened in the past. Oh, you know, do we care? So – you know what? Do, do I think it's going to impact the world? Yes. Do I think it's a good thing that they're doing all this? No. Do I think they should be prosecuted? It depends on the kind of information that they put out. Do you, do you the think there's a place? I mean, do you think there's a place for WikiLeaks? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. I, I tend to agree with Steve. I don't think there is. I don't think there's. I, I think there's, you know there's what? That's, that's what we call history books. If you want to find out about certain things, they should be part of history books later on. You shouldn't be, you know, putting out the the dirty laundry and the dirty dishes right away. There's certain things that they're probably, you know, whatever country is embarrassed about doesn't want to know about it. It's something that we'll find out in the future. But the advent of technology as it is has made things come out so much faster. It doesn't 
stream out. It just, it's just, bleh, just all, it's, you know, it's vomiting okay, all gonna, over. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it I'm to another level. Caprica all over you. No, I'm, I'm gonna take it to another level. Okay. Regardless of WikiLeaks, if Tiananmen Square were to happen tomorrow in China, right now with text messaging, twittering, Facebooks, uh, you know, whatever, all that kind of stuff like that. Do you seriously think the end result would have been the same? From from China? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, the, things happen the way they happen and people do stuff and they will do what they need to do. I mean, look at the Mexico Olympics. There was a big peaceful protest going on a couple of weeks or a month before the Olympics in Mexico. And they order their snipers to fire, uh, you know, in a relatively uh, peaceful crowd. And they killed like a dozen students. Okay, so let's take that for example. Do you think that would have happened again? Well, you know what? They did it. They, They didn't hide it. There was video. There was the news. I mean, there was coverage of it. And they said, you know what? We did it. Didn't hide it. That picture of that guy no, but they, standing. They, in, but they made. But they. But they built it up. They built it up immediately, saying as if these people were aggressive and these people were going to, you know, had bombs or were going to do something evil or, you know, the the the, the government, the, the Mexican government took a stand saying that these were enemies, known enemies, and they had to be dealt with. You know, that what? Kinda, it, I think. I think nowadays that, with, with all the cell phones and all that doing. kind of. They do that in Iran. They do that in China today. They say, "Look, you know, these are dissidents." You know, look, they they they. But, but the truth they gets sent out. The person, they sent the person to uh, uh, a work camp for one year for retweeting something just a week or two ago in China. I mean, yep. yeah, but so, exactly. But now we know about it. You know, we yeah, and but we, we, kn- we knew about Tiananmen Square well, when it was happening. The guy standing. Did in front we do of anything tank. about it? Yeah, we did nothing about it. Everybody saw. Well, was, oh, look what's happening in China. You know, and in further news, the sun rose today, and that's basically what happened, right? I mean, we knew about it. It, it was, it was. It, we didn't hear about it a month later. We had some CNN folks were there, BBC yeah. or whatever were there, and they filmed it. And everybody was saying, "Wow, something's happening in China," and the news got out. We just didn't do anything about it. It was something that happened internal to China, and the world pointed their finger at them, and then it went away, like all things that do go away, right? But I like, mean, but I mean, I, I, and I go back to some of the, the the recent events in Iran and stuff like that. It actually the the some of the tweets have actually started uprisings within the government to try to change things, and this could be good. It could be good, but if the governments aren't open to change, eventually they'll just say, okay, well, you know what. Uh, more tear gas, please, and more yeah. more water hoses, and and then look. Good governments will say, "Oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah, our bad. You caught us. Our hands were dirty, and you know what? We'll recall those glasses now." But sometimes, and, some sometimes, and and I and I really, yeah, this is not the time to bring up the Boston Tea Party, but sometimes that the original Boston Tea Party, you know, makes sense. You know, like the people revolted and the people didn't like the way the government was acting and the people took 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 arms and the people did something about it and it had an effect. And I think there's that sometimes all, with it I think some of the new social medias and I think some of the new the new internet tools that we have right now actually do help the the general population get the word out and get some of the backing they can to actually overthrow certain um, you know, rulings or even even in some cases, governments. I, I you know, uh, agreed, and, and, right? It's it's a great distribution tool. There's a TED talk about um, a tool I think that was originally intended for use in Africa, and it's a way to link up tweets, a centralized 
you know, uh, geographically tagged uh, map application that allows people to push information, I think, through Twitter. Uh, and then you can figure out where the, the tag was located, what, what that, you know, and so it visualized basically Twitter is what, what it did. And now they use it all over the world uh, for, for different events that are happening that, you know, whether they be uh, peaceful or not peaceful. And, and it's just a, a great tool to uh, consolidate Twitter information. And yeah, this, this the, the tool itself is a fantastic tool to uh, organize and to um, get people to be militants. And, and, you know, civil disobedience always has its place. Look at the TSA for, for Thanksgiving. They were saying it's, a, it's the opt-out day, right? That, that's civil disobedience. That's people saying, you know what? I'm not going through your x-ray machine and we'll, we'll plug up all the, uh, the, the airports because we're going to say, okay, well, we want the pat-downs. It take 10 times more time. Right, that's civil disobedience. Whether or not we use Twitter with it, it works. It sends a message. The thing is, though, is if who's listening, right? If the U.S. government says, "Oh, okay, well, if people do this all the time. The airports aren't going to work anymore. Maybe we need to think about it." And sure enough, Obama said, "Okay, TSA, think long and hard about what we're doing. Is there a better way?" So, countries that want to listen, or at least want to let their people think they're listening, will send that message through. Other countries will shoot people and then the news of the next day will take over and no one will remember. So it, it, it depends, right? But we sometimes, okay, we're, we're, we sometimes feel better about the fact that the news is getting out and, you know, we're getting all uppity about it. But it becomes last week's news quickly. And, and people that feel very, uh, you know, they were all up in arms about Iran, you know, six months ago or whatever it was aren't really talking about Iran anymore. They're all talking about the next thing, right? Because we're not involved in it. And there's something else that happened that was worse. And we're all looking at that now. We have very short attention spans and we have a very focused um, vision. And when we move from one thing, it doesn't mean we're looking at two things at once. We're focusing on that second thing. And that other thing happens some other time and it's no longer important, right? So I'm I'm going to go back to the TSA the TSA issue because this is this is something that I I held to heart uh, and I still hold to heart because I'm about to get on a plane in about twelve days and I don't really don't want to go through that freaking backscatter irradiation therapy whatever they're going to do basically um, there's enough there's enough cancer scares in my family that I don't want to go through and or put anybody in in a especially one of my kids into that situation so yes I will go for the the uh, the the overly <clears throat> aggressive uh, grope or whatever they're calling it, and and do that. And every chance I get, and somebody asks me, you know, oh, where are you going? And I'm saying, oh yeah, I know. Says, and I know, I will talk about it. I will openly say, you know, like, look, I'm not going to go get myself. I don't believe in that. There's 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 some studies have been done, and it's not good for you. It's worse than having a, a, an actual real X-ray at a at a at a dentist, you know, or a doctor's or whatever you're doing, you know, you shouldn't do it. You should go for the open, the open pat down and go like that. So it's, it's bad news. And if I had been traveling on the 24th, even with all of my kids and my wife, I probably would have set out an hour, an hour and a half early and made a statement myself as well, because it's one of the few things in my life I care about enough to say, you know what, you can screw around with my with my cell phone rates. You can screw around with uh, with my taxes to a certain degree. But 
don't irradiate me on purpose just to create a facade of security, which doesn't actually work. And, um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to borrow on Steph's uh, link here to, uh, to Adam Savage from Mythbusters, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who was basically uh, going through um, to, you know, on vacation and, and no, no, he's going to the Woodstock, right? You know, he's going. He was going to to do a, a, a mythbuster thing. Yeah, yeah, wood camp or Woodstock, Woodstock, or something like that. Yeah. And so he went through the TSA and he had his carry on luggage and all that kind of stuff. And and what it basically boiled down to, and when that and it, and we'll we'll put the link to the article and to actually his monologue because his monologue is just fantastic. Um, but basically, he walked through TSA with a couple of twelve inch razor blades, uh, basically on his person. And, and yeah, no, they're those blades that you put um, on the special tool. It's used to shave styrofoam to make props. Yeah, and 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 these things are twelve inch, like crazy sharp things, and they were in this long metal cylinder in his laptop bag. Yeah, and they they missed it. They missed it, but they got a really really great picture of his junk. You know, like like why why was that important, right? So basically, you know. Uh, and, and obviously Adam Savage is no terrorist, you know, like, let's not put him on the watch list. Let's not be all stupid about it. All, all that kind of stuff. The guy obviously made a mistake and, 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 and forgot about it. He's in a rush and he went through and, and whatever. And, but he, but it's stories like his stories, like, uh, like, like, uh, um, uh, is it Gillette pen? Uh, the pen, pen Gillette, pen Gillette, sorry. And, uh, I always, he, cause that doesn't sound like a first name. It sounds like a razor. So... <laughs> So Pendulette and stuff like that where you just think to myself, oh, this this can't possibly be true, but it is, you know, and, and you kind of have to highlight those items all the time to just to just blow it all out. And I, and I don't want to carp on and go back to the exact same discussion we had a couple of weeks ago, but it just proves our point is that it actually really is absolutely useless. And, and it boils yeah. down to um, almost six years ago, seven, almost seven years ago. I had a job with a comp- with a Montreal company that made uh, paint spraying equipment, and the paint scra- spraying equipment is basically um, uh, a, a turbine attached to uh, a big long hose and goes into uh, an aluminum gun, and at the bottom of the aluminum gun, there's a huge cup, right? So we went to Atlanta. This is post nine eleven. We went. We traveled on to Atlanta, and we had some guns, some paint spraying guns, in our um, toolbox. And we had tools in it as well. And we had the choice of either checking our luggage or going through airport security. And for some reason or another, um, the guy asked us beforehand what we'd want to do, and we said, "What do you have in here?" And the name of the company itself, you know. If if you were you were looking for terrorists, you would possibly single them out because the name of the company was called Turban Air, right? So, doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> you know, like this is a is that a is that an airline? No, we make turbines that shoot air into into guns, and so we were carrying guns, 
the spray guns nonetheless we were were, the name of the company was kind of dubious to begin with and the guy just asked us what are you carrying and it says oh some some tools for our 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 work and uh and some some spray guns so he he passes it through the x-ray has a look at it didn't bother to open the luggage didn't bother to open the case didn't bother to look at anything didn't inspect the guns at all right so inside that aluminum shell i could have put anything right it could have, for all for all he knows, it could have been a real actual gun. He didn't check it. He didn't check. He didn't check our toolbox, and he let us just check that on and take it away because we we claim that they were fragile, and if they checked it, it would have been gotten abused. Not a problem for them. You know, this is the kind of stuff that doesn't make any sense, right? Obviously, we we probably didn't look like terrorists, and that's probably why he let us through. And that's the kind of common sense you would tend to to expect when you're going through security. and But unfortunately, that's not been the reality for the last, I don't know, how many years now? Five, six, seven, eight, ten years? It's just ridiculous. And it's getting more and more ridiculous until the recent backlash against the TSA. Well, I've, I've heard, I was talking to some of my U.S. colleagues tonight at supper, and they were saying that they've clarified the... Um, the requirements or, or for, for security. Turns out if you're a child under a certain age, you don't have to submit to either of these um, ch- checks. And it's only one out of every so many that get pulled aside for extra checking anyway. So it's not like everybody has to go through. Uh, I know I've gone to the States about four times in the last year and a bit, and I've only been given the option well, five times, I think, only given the option once to, to go through the scanner and I actually went through it when it was fairly new and I hadn't really heard about anything about it. So I've actually been through the machine once, um, but never since. So it, it, and it's only really with the U S when, when, when was this, to, when was this Steve? I have to say about a year ago, maybe. Okay. And I was wondering if we could blame that, like, to blame the re- recent Skype problems on your radiation, but <laughs> no, it was, I think it was like, uh, last year, June or something so like it, that. It wouldn't have been the new backscatters, would it? Yeah, yeah, those, those brand new the brand new ones that 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 that, that, that I X-ray know, your junk. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it was the backscatter or the Miller Wave, because uh, one one is actually safer or safe compared to the other. And we one should really, actually, we should really get this right. So let's have yeah. a, let's let's do a quick search on Miller Wave. There's there's backscatter X-ray, and then there's the Miller Wave one. And apparently, the Miller Wave one is more benign. I don't know if it's fully safe, but it's more benign. Um, and so let's say it's one out of 10 that get asked to go through uh, th- that other, uh, the scanner or whatever, or submit to the pat down. So, and, but that's only with travel to the U.S. When we fly to Europe this Christmas, we're not going to have to submit to that. They don't have that. And whether or not in Europe on our way back, if they've implemented or are going to, I, I've heard that they haven't yet. Um, so I'm not worried about this Christmas trip uh, at all. Um, You're not. But what's that? I'm not, not. No. Okay. No. Even even with the, with the kids or even for yourself? Well, no, because we're not going to have to submit to the scan. We're not traveling to the U.S. So it's only when you're traveling to the U.S. that you have to submit to the scans. <laughs> Oddly enough, when I traveled last June, um, we had implemented it based on their request to the Canadian government right. to do it, whereas they still had three-quarters of their inventory warehoused and not even rolled out yet. And then people said, well, we spent so many you know, millions and billions of dollars on this equipment and it's sitting in warehouses. So then they, they, they created this nine-month rollout plan to get these things uh, deployed. But basically, if you were traveling from the U.S. 
intra-U.S. or external to the U.S., you didn't have to submit to it because it didn't exist yet. They weren't installed in the airports. But if you're flying into the U.S. Uh, from, let's say, Canada or whatever, then they were forcing their partner or their allied countries to say, okay, if you're sending people over here, you have to check them this way. So it was kind of like a... Um, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, we're making you do it, but we're not doing it kind of thing. Um, That's just terrible. It, you know, it, it's, a, it's a real... I can sense you wanting to swear right now. <laughs> well, I'm going I'm to use a, a synonym, and if you look at the Urban Dictionary, you'll find the word I was actually thinking of, but it's kind of what you call a goat screw. <laughs> and, and, and if you look up goat screw, it'll actually have, uh, you know, see what I'm actually thinking in my head. Okay. So, um, but yeah, it, it's really not all that impressive. But if, if we actually roll back to the whole thing about WikiLeaks and whether or not we think it's important... I, I I don't see a need for WikiLeaks at all. There we have access to information um, mechanisms to get stuff when it is releasable, um, and there are good reasons to keep stuff hidden for a certain amount of time. And uh, you know, I I've come across some stuff that you know that I can't talk about based on other jobs that I've had. But some things that you see that are absolutely ridiculous, but at the same time, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the stuff that have to do with, let's say, radars and sonars. And you'll see wavelengths that mean something. And you see that wavelength, and it could mean that it's a certain type of submarine or a certain type of aircraft. And you say, okay, great. And there's a big sticker on the photo that says classified. And you say, well, there's a perfectly good reason why that's classified, and I can't tell you the shape of it if I remembered it. And then the next picture you look at is a picture of uh, uh, an audio cassette. And on the audio cassette, it says classified on it because the content of the audio cassette is classified, right? So the sounds, maybe like the audio sounds from the sonar uh, thing is classified. But the photo itself now becomes classified because the cassette itself said classified. But all it is is a BASF tape that you can buy off the shelf. So you look at it and you say, well, this photo in and of itself is innocuous. It is absolutely benign and there is absolutely no risk to uh, state uh, security if this photo gets released. But it's classified and thus has to stay that way for the amount of time the government you know, classified it for. Five years, 10 years, 25 years, whatever. So you look at it and you say, okay, well, for so many wavelength pictures, you have maybe a thousand of these other things that are classified for absolutely no reason. But do you really want to take the chance that that wavelength picture gets out because somebody said we should have access to it? Meanwhile, there's a guy in a submarine now whose life's at risk because, you know, something he's relying on working is no longer happening anymore. So if someone were to get their hands on something like that, I'd rather take the chance that a thousand times something stupid is classified and we don't see it. Then that one chance and you say, wow, 80 people are dead now because of this thing got leaked out. So that, that's the way I see it. And, um, you know, there's things that roll out and you say, oh, OK, well, the Kennedy tapes now are released because it's been 25 years or the, you know, the, you know, well, whatever I don't, else. I don't have too much trouble with stuff like the Kennedy tapes and, and things like that. It, that. That I don't have too, too much an issue with. It's just when it's like... Um, when governments shield 
um, stuff that actually really, really did happen. And like uh, four or five hundred thousand people probably saw it. And suddenly the government said, uh, no, that never happened. Uh, these aren't the droids you're looking for. Uh, nothing to see here. Move along. That ticks me off to, to no end. But you don't know if there's an, another operation underway. You don't know if they're not actually onto something that we don't know about and that could lead to people who are on the field still looking for that. See, yeah. Yeah, if there's a list of names of people that are active out there and the only way that you can preserve something is by keeping that list of names secret. And the only way you would have found well, out I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with keeping people's names secret, but but, but pretending stuff never happened that, no, but, but, let, but, let, but you say, don't, like I said, let, you don't know that. Okay, go ahead, Satif. Well, I was just going to say is this, the thing that you, everybody saw happen, right? If, if the guy involved is one of these folks that is the brother of or the guy in question that is involved in something else, and it comes out that, you know, everybody thinks he's an accountant from Seattle, and he turns out that, you know, he's some guy who's, you know, either in deep cover or whatever. And, and people start asking questions. When people start asking questions, they never stop. And all you need is for one document to get turned over and, you know, or some guy in, you know, Revenue Canada saying, oh, yeah, this guy, he hasn't declared taxes in so much time. And it, it creates this, like, snowball effect. And next thing you know, you realize, oh, that guy really is a spy, right? And now all the people, that person has been outed that is in contact with are now people that have now been compromised as well. So it's not to say that it's a giant Tom Clancy novel, but it is. There are people out there that are, you know, uh, friends of Canada, friends of the U.S. that are risking, you know, their lives and their families' lives because they, what they're seeing in their country is perhaps something they don't agree with. So they pass on the little bit of information they know. Now, if that guy or woman is found out, they're dead. So, so okay, like okay. So let, let's, the minute let's, you start let's, peeling the onion away, you can expose more and more and more and more stuff that eventually the the thing that's very benign eventually exposes something that isn't. And you're talking real people. So let, 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 let's 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 rewind a little bit. Let's go back to about six seven months ago when uh, three Canadian computer scientists basically discovered a ring of Russian spies operating in and out of the U.S. And basically said, "Hey, what the hell is going on here?" And basically, uh, CSIS and, and said, uh, "Oh crap!" You know, like uh, there are cases where you know you and I will find stuff out that these guys never saw, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you squash that? Right. If I call up, if I call up tomorrow, and I I, I call up, you know, uh, Bob Frobisher over at the at, at the RCMP and say, you know what, I think my neighbor George here is 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 a Russian spy, uh, and they'll say, yeah, okay, whatever, thank you very much, sir. What's your name? Blah blah blah. They'll take on they'll take down my little details. They'll never call me back. Right. Meanwhile, George is 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 you know secretly working at some uh, national research center. Uh, you know. Uh, here in Montreal, and he's getting all this information, and he's sending it back to his his uh, his his colleagues in in in, uh, in Russia, and he's getting all this stuff, you know. And I don't want to, to pretend to be like the the commie, uh, <laughs> you know, bring back the commie scare, but you know, there's there's a real there's a real possibility that I might actually know something that 
you know, isn't actually going to ever get investigated. And is that like those three guys, you know, and they look like they, and, and you look at their picture and it's, it's circulating over the net all the time. It's kind of like a bit of a resurgence these days. They, they look like they could have been fronting some prog rock group out of the, out of the seventies, but those three guys, you know, are they actually aiding by outing these people or, or did they possibly kill three or four other Canadians somewhere else in some prison cell or, or whatever? Who knows, Right. But how are we going to know this ever? We can never know well, this. The thing, the thing with that, we think we're doing the, our best, right? Yeah, we but think the, we're doing our, our, is, our, our, our civic duty. Well, yeah, but the thing is, we we don't know what we're doing. We don't know what the impacts of things are. So there's official channels, and there's also good journalism. And WikiLeaks is neither. WikiLeaks is we got our hands on a stack of papers that were possibly illegally obtained, and we're just barfing it out, you know, and to, who cares of the consequences? And that's what I'm, I'm not for. Okay, I kind of agree with the, you on that point of view. Do you, yeah, journal- the way you put it just there actually kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, good journalists will look for double confirmation. They'll make sure what they're putting out there is true. And when things are sensitive, we'll look for government corroboration. And if they get a quick no, or if they get a you know, come in and show us this stuff because we need to talk. There is usually a quid pro quo with with uh, in the in in the world of journalism, and a lot of times people think there is a free press, and there is. But in some cases, they'll say, "Listen, you know what? If this happens and gets out, we need to control this." And can you sit on it for a day? And there are cases where that has happened, and you know, most of the time it's because they're offered exclusives to sit on it or whatever. That's but, a problem. But but at the same time. You know, it allows the right things to happen to minimize damage. But if you know, you know, if you had a family member that was a, a police officer who was under deep cover, and his face showed up on WikiLeaks one day because you know whatever, and then somebody says, "Huh, he's not a cocaine distributor. He lives in you know Longay, and he you know wait a minute, who is this guy, right?" And next thing you know, this guy's hosed. So. The fact that information is quickly available and barfed out and, uh, you know, whatever. You know, the fact that Gaddafi has a 38-year-old nurse who's blonde, who cares? That's not information. It's, it's, a lot of it is, is just stuff that is information that has been collected over time that actually has no, no weight to it and is just fluff. And to me... That should be on TMZ. It should be on TMZ. Exactly. And so uh, I don't know. Okay, so here's here's here's, here's something else cuz um so basically everyone, you know, there's a ruling that comes out tomorrow or whatever and it basically says that uh the guys at WikiLeaks were were jerks and uh, you know, they should never have left this crap out and basically we should by all means, you know, squash them when they want. Uh, or and stop them from from doing this kind of like, you know, anti-patriot kind of stuff whatsoever. So it sets a precedence. Now, tomorrow or the next day or whatever, some something really, really, really serious happens and something needs to get let out and all of a sudden you're like, well, we have precedence so we can go and shut these guys down whenever we want. And suddenly you have governments, you know, uh, doing DDoS attacks on whoever they feel could possibly harm, you know, the, the, the state security. Now, 
Imagine, and I don't mean to, to, to associate the two, but imagine if the TSA had the authority to shut down people like t- like WikiLeaks whenever they f- they felt like it, right? It'd don't be, don't it would kid be, your, don't kid yourself, Jay. It would be Stuff a like freaking that mess. I'm telling you, and like I said earlier, I think the I think the American government is, has knows what's being leaked and is you know putting up a front that they're really upset about this and that, but they know what's being. D- d- so you don't, you don't think you don't think they're the ones setting off the DDoS the DDoS <clears throat> attacks. You know what? If they did, I would say congratulations. Congratulations for protecting your state secrets. I, you know what? I'm sorry, but some of these things just don't belong there. Like this guy is, is saying, oh, yeah, these, these are critical. Does it affect me on a day-to-day? Does it provide safety to me to know that Gaddafi is going to not? No. Some of this stuff is useless. And if I were to know that there's a, a, a spy that's in, that's his life is in danger because of this or there's a whole bunch of people because of, of a, an, an operation that is about to occur, I'm sorry. I'm more in, in, inclined to say protect their lives than to, protect, than to let me know that this operation is going on. I understand that there are things that, that, that have occurred in, in the past that probably shouldn't and there are certain things that are going to continue to occur in the future that we're not going to be happy about. But that's the way that's the way we live, and that's the way society grows. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's there Haiti. Haiti was a disaster. What did we do? Everybody rushed to raise money for about three weeks. After that, okay, it's no longer on the front page because you know the disaster is over. Still uh, I don't know dude. about you, but the no, disaster, it's still happening. Yeah. It's still happening now. There's cholera disease down there. But there that's are still, what I'm saying. There are still hundreds. But that's what I'm saying, no, but there are still hundreds and hundreds of Canadians down there helping I out know, every single is, day, and it actually hits home closer than you could possibly think. Half of my is staff it, is it making front page? Is it making front page? No, but I think that's, I think I think the it's front. Done. No, but I think the front page effort. Steve said it. We're we're we've got a focus on one thing. The focus was Haiti. Uh, because it was it was the, the thing for a while. Yeah, and, and, and but I you know and, and I don't, and I, I'm now are I'm, you seeing people still trying on. to raise money? You're trying to raise but, awareness? No, no. Hang on. There, well, actually, there are still there's still there are still Haiti awareness programs out there. There still are Haiti awareness concerts going on and all that kind of stuff. But I have a feeling that um, the the initial press was able to get them enough to get going. You know, no, um, there's no way if you. If they've got the problems that they're still having, there's no way. Well, I mean, you can't, you can't, cholera is like just like an unbelievably unfortunate thing that that could possibly happen. And, you know, cholera is because people are living in. Is it cholera or cholera? I'm sorry. Cholera. 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 Sorry. I apologize. Because they had, they're not living in in the proper, uh, the living conditions are horrible. That's what it is. So it's not that, oh, we've raised money to help them. We've raised money to help them do what? Have we provided homes? Have we provided buildings? Have we provided shelter? Have we provided clean water? We've not provided any of this stuff. We've provided money. Great. Fantastic. No. We provide a lot of first aid. This is, is there's a there's a hell of a lot of uh, hospitals down there that, but, that that have been set up to help to help treat uh, the stuff that has happened. There has been a rebuilding effort. Now, the question is, has the Haitian government actually taken that money and done something like they're supposed to be, or they've banked it? Now we don't know, but I know I, I do know for a a very very good fact that the Red Cross did go down there and they are continuously doing unbelievable amounts of good work down in Haiti. You know, is it enough? I don't know. Is is it enough? I mean, 
the, the the best country in the world, according to every you know person in 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 in, in you know who lives south of south of Burlington, Vermont, will tell you that you know they screwed up royally in New Orleans. Yes, they did. They completely demolished the city. They didn't help people out. They were and they and and they had a terrible, 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 terrible way of dealing with it. Now, you know, can we expect uh, the hate the the treatment of Haiti? Or, or the, the the aid that went to Haiti to be any better than what was what was what was in New Orleans? Of course not. There's no way the Americans are going to give as much money to New Orleans as they did to to Haiti. But you know what? Other countries might. France might suddenly care more about Haiti than they did about New Orleans. Yeah, but you know what, friends? See, the problem is what I'm trying to say, JF, is I'm not saying that the, the problem is still is not still there. The problem is still there. But the focus that we have put as a society is no longer the primary focus. Yes, there are still efforts being put. Yes, there are still people dedicated to doing something and to helping out. Absolutely. But on a day-to-day, is, is Haiti the number one part of the news? Is only because cholera occurred. But are we saying, well, you know, buildings are not going up as fast as we'd like. People are still living in their own feces, uh, and you know, they're collecting water uh, when they can because uh, we're not providing enough water. Now, these are things that that need to be. Uh, is, is this a good thing? You know, for example, would WikiLeaks benefit from something like that? Absolutely. We need to bring it back to the forefront because people need to be aware that hey, it's not finished. It's not over. Same thing with New Orleans. Ah, you know, New Orleans started to be rebuilt, whatever. No, all these things can be brought up. These are things that I, had, I don't have a problem with information leaking because that actually will benefit someone. But some of the information that WikiLeaks is looking to, to leak, that, that doesn't benefit anyone other than them because it's going to provide more traffic to their website. It doesn't bring anything to society as a whole. No, and, and, I, and, and that's the whole point I was, I was kind of trying to make at the beginning, right? That it doesn't... <sighs> The uh, banning WikiLeaks from ever existing uh, is not always a solution. I mean, when when they when they outed the problem with uh, with the, uh, the the American airships gunning down the the photographers, everybody rose to the saying, "Oh my God, this is terrible! How could this possibly be happening? This is proof that we we shouldn't be here anymore." And you know, to a certain degree. They were right, and they were also very wrong on other things as well in that whole debate. But that was very controversial to begin with. So, on, and I'm not going to pretend to be to know everything about it either. Now, is is should they be doing the stuff they're doing now uh, on the back of that by saying, "Hey, because we we had this amazing thing six months ago, everything else we do now is just as important"? Of course not. I mean, that's like uh, that's like the New York Times having one good article and continuously telling you about who's sleeping with who in uh, in 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 Manhattan. You know, it, it's for sure. You know, there's a lot of crap on WikiLeaks. Like, there's a lot of crap in every kind of of, of newspaper and and, and everything like that. But the thing is, though, is that WikiLeaks operates outside of uh, the the the. The, the world of journalism. So does every single blogger and podcaster in the world. And what I'm going to go say is that the right to fr- free speech is protected under law under certain conditions. Correct. Now, if, if I said, well, you know what? I have the right to talk about anything I want to talk about. I can't because there's, there's wavelengths and pictures of uh, audio tapes that, you know, are things that I can't 
openly talk about the contents and the way that they're used and, and certain things. I can say I saw pictures. I can't say what's on them. But I can say, well, First Amendment, I can say whatever I want to say. You know, the, the, the British Secrets Act also, you sign that thing, you can't talk about anything for life on it. And, and free speech isn't something that we're allowed to talk about because about anything we want to. It's not licensed to do what we want and say what we want. It is licensed to have the it's, – it's your ability to talk about what you believe is fair and true within the parameters of what the rule of law says. If you have illegally obtained documentation that you do not have the rights to, nor uh, do you have the, the right to, to leak for security reasons, for business reasons, or any other reason there, you do not have the right to say that. Now, if the government decides to come down on you for it, they shouldn't look like the Robin Hoods of, of North America because now the government's coming down on them. They are basically breaking the law. Agreed. And that's what I'm saying. And then that's the way I see it. It's pretty cut and dry. Now, is some good coming out of what they're doing? Probably. Does that mean it's right? No. Probably not. So just because... Two wrongs don't make a right. Two wrongs don't make a right. Definitely not. If Robin Hood were to exist today, he'd be thrown in jail. (laughs) He'd be... You know, somebody lost it. I'd be so screwed. Tights and shoes and all, he'd be in jail. And somebody would say, well, he wouldn't even be on TMZ. He wouldn't even make TMZ, right? And and that's for the Kardashians. But but basically, that's what they're trying to come across as. They're trying to come across as the modern-day Robin Hoods. But in reality, all they're doing is they're saying, well, our good outweighs the bad. But it's not their decision to make. Now, if the government says, you know what? Turn the TVs off. You know, if somebody were to take over the, t- the CBC tomorrow and say, we're going to broadcast what we want to broadcast and all of Canada is going to see it. If the government says we're turning off those, those signals, the government own license on all radio transmissions, video or audio across Canada. They own those frequencies. They can turn the TVs off and the radios off tomorrow if they wanted to. Whether or not we think we have the right to speak, the airwaves are owned by the government. So if they say, oh, my God, you know, the terrorists took over the CBC, they turn it off. Even if we clamor, the 25 million voices say, we want to hear what they have to say, the government said, no, we turned it off. And that's the end of it. Now, whether or not they're right in doing it, it's their prerogative. And we'll find out. History will say if they were right or wrong, but it's their call to make. And I... The the only the only difference, Steve, and you know, I listen. I've said what I think about this. The only difference is this crosses international boundaries. Yep. And 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 and, and that's where it's iffy. It's very iffy because if they find a memo that said that, oh my God, Churchill wore you know women's clothing or something like that, that could be something that could impact uh, relations between countries, right? Or if they found out, we had said, oh, no, no, we didn't know anything about this, and we came to a treaty, and we came to an understanding, and we brokered something, and then this other document comes out saying, oh, we knew all about it, and hey, we helped organize it, then that treaty could then be broken. I mean, the ramifications are crazy about what could happen if information gets out there. And the th- and, and what happens if it's a single cabinet minister's memo? Maybe it has zero weight to it, but it could be enough to, to see doubt in somebody Correct. saying, hmm, they didn't negotiate in, in good faith, or maybe they were lying to us, right? And the next thing you know, 
three years of good work goes down the drain. So I think it's kind of like shooting in a dark room and not really knowing what you're doing. And I think that's really what they're doing right now. And that's about all I'm going to say about it. Really? <laughs> I think you said more than enough. I, I think so, too. I, I, I haven't really said or written a lot about it, but I, I get amped no, up about every time I hear it. So I, I've, um, I've tried to stay away from it as much as possible because, I mean, I don't have the political science degree that Steph does. Uh, but um, and, but it, 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 there's certain aspects of what WikiLeaks does that affects me personally on a very, very personal level, and I don't really want to go on about it. And there are certain things as well, which I think about as a responsible blogger or a podcaster, I kind of feel like I have to address um, to a degree. And, and, I've, and, and people who've listened to this podcast will know that we don't try to te- talk politics ever, but we do try to right wrongs whenever we see them. So, you know, podcasting, uh, customer service wrongs and what other kind of wrongs as well or whatever. We try to at least bring up the subject and at least, you know, promote the discussion about it. So when we um, ranted and raved about how crappy the TSA treatment was a few podcasts ago, it really was because it affected our lives personally and we really weren't happy with it. And this, this whole WikiLeaks story is... You know, it's it, it hits the home on certain levels. And at the same time, there's a lot of me that just says, these guys are just a bunch of freaking jerks. And they need to be, you know, put back in their place or dealt with or whatever. You know, there's a certain amount, there's a certain part of me that wants them to be just, you know, like taken care of. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? No, I, I know what you mean, and and it's hard. Uh, it's hard to explain. It's hard to explain without taking a, a, a position or 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 saying stuff that that could either get this podcast um, or or our, this whole discussion completely uh, blown out of proportion. So, well, I think I think the part that it is uh, what most people will wrestle about that. I think the Robin Hood analogy is fairly accurate. Is you know. Maybe they're trying to do right. Maybe they're trying to generate traffic. Who knows? Maybe a little good will come out of it, but maybe a little bad will come out of it too. Who's to say if it's right or wrong, right? Because Robin Hood wasn't sanctioned, but he he, he stole ruffled from enough the rich feathers, gave, you know? Yeah, yeah. He you know he worked outside the law and he stole from the rich and gave to the poor, and you know the poor loved him, the rich hated him, right? And I think this is the same type of thing that's happening with WikiLeaks right now is that the government's not so happy. The people, ooh, information. Let's consume this, but not necessarily thinking about what's the cost, right? Uh, were the rich guys actually shot with arrows to take the stuff from them? Like, what was the cost of, uh, you know, this this exercise? And I think that's really not fully understood yet either. Um, and again, like Steph said, time will tell, right? Yeah. No, I, I 100% agree. And, and, and we'll, see, we'll see what happens. I mean, eh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stories right now going on like that. And and this podcast has never been one to start discussing, uh, you know, the rights and wrongs of, of, of the likes of the Pirate Bay and, and, and WikiLeaks and, and, and everything else. But, it, it you know, Steph made, made a f- uh, some really good points and, and, and you did too, Steve. And I thought that it was about time that we actually put on our big boy pants and, and talked about it for a little bit. Um, and I, I, you know, when Can I, I have, put my diapers back on now, yeah, put your diapers back on now. I have no idea if 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 we've helped anybody understand any of this any better. 
But if if we if probably it just, just we probably just polarize our audience. But if it just you know what if it just if it just makes them stand around the water cooler tomorrow and talk for like an extra four minutes, then that's fine. Oh, were were we recording? Yeah, <laughs> I'm ready to talk about it if we're going to start rolling. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so so that said, uh, we're 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 entering uh, our two 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 hour and thirty six minutes of this uh, of this recording. Uh, I cannot believe we've been talking for this long, um, and we've lost two dads in the process. Um, we 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 started off with three dads, and we ended with three dads, but it's not the same crew that started off. So I don't know how the hell that happened today. Are you calling us the B team? It's like I'm not even saying it's the B team. I'm just <laughs> saying it's like I was talking to a bunch of other people, and now other people are finishing off, and I'm still sitting here. So, <laughs> and I, I think Ben is angry with me. Well, did you see? I don't know if anybody saw this, but he basically posted a picture of a big toaster <laughs> in the show notes and said, "Screw this! I'm getting hardwired next week. Have a good one. Talk to you soon." You fracking jerk. <laughs> uh, no, actually, Ben said, screw this. I'm getting a hardwire next week. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. I posted the toaster. <laughs> and then he replied, you fracking jerk. So, so I think we'll just post that integrally into the show notes <laughs> online and see what it goes. That's a beautiful toaster, though, eh? It is lovely. It's kind of chromey and stuff. And it's got the nice reflection of the coffee cup, which is and Ben's And that's why addiction. I picked that one for Ben, because he's such a coffee guy. <laughs> So anyways, Steph's already written the show notes for the actual post, which will be good. I'm very happy with that too. So all I need to do is try to find, try to make this two hours and 40 minutes now fit into some kind of audible Seven minutes. listening time. <laughs> and we'll take it from there. So um, I, why, don't you make it, why don't you make it more uh, digestible? Split it up in 17 different uh, little shows. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then charge everybody equally for it. It's um, not a bad idea. Okay. <laughs> we'll call it the Daily Dad Cast. Oh, yeah. It's just great. Uh, it's not more work for you. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So I, I just... Hey, we could, we could have started swearing throughout the show, you know. Um, and I'm glad at least we man- managed to maintain the clean tag um, throughout the show. It's been great. Even though the subject hasn't been clean at all. And, it, you know, it's been good. So I, I want to thank you guys both, Steph and Steve, um, for, for, for finishing the show with me. And I want to thank Ben for starting the show with me. <laughs> it's kind of a weird way that happened there. I don't know what happened to Eric. Um, I know he's been working on a, on, on a big project that doesn't involve basements um, or, or Linux for once. So uh, good luck with that, Eric. We'll, we'll catch you very, very soon. And as we said before earlier in the show, there has been uh, some good – we've have gotten some great vibes from the, from the Andre Nantel uh, zombie show, uh, Dadcast episode 33, and we'll most likely reproduce that probably in the new year. Um, giving a bit of a plans for what we're going to be doing over the holiday season is the fact that we're going to try and be dads. So we will do some kind of Christmas time show um, – I'll be in England, Steve will be in Switzerland, Steph will be in Kirkland. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> at the Kirkland Walmart at Christmas time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, go on boxing day, it's quiet. Uh, so <laughs> is okay. Thanks for the tip. Richard 
We're trying to see if we can send Ben out to uh, to the Gaspé region, or I don't know what the hell's going to go on there, and we'll see if we can do a show, and uh, and how much of it actually gets on air, we'll have to see as well as there. So you most likely will hear one or two more shows from us in, in December. Uh, we'll try to do another one next week, and if not, we will catch you in the new year with a continuation of season three. Um which is insane because we were looking at it earlier and we have done uh, 25 shows already this year. Wow, guys. Well done. Um, Booyah. It is like cricket sound now. I'm, I'm giving her a compliment and they're all like... No, no, we're giving you some space to edit in some, like, uh, whoop whoops or something. So, yeah, some applause or something Because we're like really that. big on the sound effects. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where's Eric? <laughs> so, so it actually is quite funny. And, and there was one story, Eric, we'll, we'll leave it for, for next week for Eric, but basically he was alluding to, to uh, a, a subject we had brought up in, in DadCast episode 23, and we just released 33. Which is kind of funny that that whole topic was 10 podcasts away. <laughs> but there you go. Sometimes uh, things move pretty quick. So um, in closing off again, it's December 1st. Uh, we're recording this show and it's been the, the Canadian National Day of Podcasting. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our previous show about podcasting in general. And this is the show that we would normally do. We always do on a Wednesday night anyways. So this is our, our, our actual show that we do on 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 stuff and we hope you enjoyed it uh, as controversial as it might have been i'm not sure we righted any wrongs tonight but uh again if you're talk about it around the water cooler tomorrow at least we've succeeded somewhere well if anything it would now we're really being tracked on echelon and uh you know maybe i'll be hauled away for talking about that uh, thing you didn't really talk tape, about that, that audio tape picture <laughs> Because that for sure is going to get somebody in hot water. Oh, really? No. I'm going to have to Google that later. Um, By the way, nobody ever do a Google Images on Goat Screw. I just want to just point that out right away. (laughs) On that note, we'll see you all next week. Thank you, Steph. I think we should should leak uh, a preview of the show on WikiLeaks. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... uh... Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we'll put you in charge of that stuff yeah you just tell me when you're done with the show <laughs> yeah okay I don't know there's some black vans outside my house right now I don't know what the hell's going on <laughs> that's Ben coming to get some wire oh it's Ben okay alright I, I don't feel so bad now alright so we'll see you guys all next week bye everyone thanks bye quite possibly the second worst ending of the show ever how about we do a new one? Uh, I don't have to get up on those six hours. <laughs> <laughs>